All right, I'm ready for this, boys and girls. Let me shut off my TV, make sure everything's quiet, all that good stuff. Sheesh. What is going on, guys? Welcome to Pro Wrestling Wednesday, presented by the Second City Kids Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jacob. What is going on, guys? Jeez, um, this has been a long time coming. Uh, I've stated before, I even stated on yesterday's podcast, and for those who may have just be catching this particular show, I run a normal podcast called the Second City Kids Podcast in which I I talk about comics, movies, video games, all that good stuff. Um, But a big passion of mine that I don't cover on that show is professional wrestling. I've been a wrestling fan better part of 15 years, and uh, I really, really love it. So um, as far as podcasting goes, and I described this on the yesterday's show, um, I was uh, inspired to do a podcast on the wrestling podcast that I follow. I listen to Steve Austin's podcast. I also do a Solid Monster Sounds Off. Uh, wrestling soup, Don Tony and Kevin Castle, and all that good stuff. So um, they were they were inspired me to do a podcast to begin with, and um, I never really found it within myself to have enough time to do multiple shows. But now you know I'm uh, thinking about giving it a try, and I'm um, just gonna put this out there and see how the wrestling fans respond to it. Uh, it should be fun though. Um, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing where this takes me and uh, see if we can catch any steam on this show as well as the other show. So. Yeah, um, like I said, I'm your host, Jacob, uh, for those who aren't familiar with me. Uh, I'm the host of the other podcast as well, the Second City Kids podcast as well. And um, yeah, I'm really excited to get this going. So I'm going to start off with a couple of things, um, kind of give my history as a uh, wrestling fan. Uh, like I said, for about 15 years, I've been a wrestling fan. Uh, some of my favorite wrestlers of all time include uh, CM Punk, uh, The Undertaker, um, Stone Cold Steve Austin, obviously, big fan of AJ Styles, been a big fan of him uh, since his TNA days. So um, yeah, stuff like that. I, I enjoy wrestling like that. Um, all, all sorts, you know. I'm not just an exclusive WWE guy. I I watch Lucha Underground as well whenever I have the opportunity. Check out um, Japanese matches whenever I have the chance and all that good stuff. And to be honest, up until recently, I've been was using those wrestling podcasts as a way to. Um, you know keep in touch with it because like i said um you know i I work i have a job i have a home i have a home you know a girlfriend a dog Uh, i don't really have the time to sit down and watch wrestling as much as i would like to but now um taking the time out kind of treating it like a job (laughs) taking the time out to actually watch and um to formulate my own opinions and uh to broadcast it out there to you guys so um yeah I'm, i'm super excited about this and uh yeah mission statement is uh just uh you know be a fun wrestling show to talk about professional wrestling to get in touch with other wrestling fans and um to do stuff like that you know i'm not looking to to change the wrestling uh what's the word i'm looking for wrestling uh journalism i'm not trying to do that you know i'm just trying to have fun as a as a wrestling fan to other wrestling fans to give us kind of conversation and things to talk about you know that good stuff so yeah um I'm going to start off with something very broad and something that's been happening over the last couple of weeks. And uh, my feelings about the draft and uh, how I feel I can get, it can get better. Um, my issues with it is um, they the way it was laid out, um, it off the bat showed that Raw was more important than SmackDown just due to the fact that um, Raw had more picks. And I get it, you know, Raw is, is one hour is an hour longer than SmackDown, and I get why they did it. But you know, it, in a lot of ways, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, even if you weren't a particular fan of the person that holds a title, and I'm gonna relate to this to a uh, Daniel Bryan segment he had on SmackDown this this week yesterday. Um, 
you should draft up all the titles regardless of whether you're a fan of the physical person holding it. I think that's just the way it is. But yeah, I mean, um, there's ways to do it better. I'm glad that they uh, they kept Dean Ambrose, uh, you know, uh, the champion. I'm, gl- I'm glad that Raw is the one that has to, you know, develop a new title, the Universal title, which I'll talk about that in a minute a little bit uh, about the name because I know a lot of people on the internet are freaking out about that type of shit. Me personally, I, I really don't care. I think it's a fine name. Um, I'm more uh, interested in what the title looks like. Um, it needs to be different than the other titles. So um, I just think um, they need to – a lot of the SmackDown picks, um, they're going to have to go about rehabbing a lot of them. And they're starting to do that with Dolph Ziggler, which, again, I'll get into once I do the SmackDown review. But um, guys like Bray Wyatt, Dolph Ziggler, st- stuff like that, you know, they need, they need these people to, like, kind of rehab their, their characters and kind of make them feel important because um, last week on SmackDown when um, – Dolph won. It was kind of a like a shock. I, I was expecting AJ to win or Bray Wyatt even over Dolph. So, um, but I'm gonna talk about that in a minute. But first, we're gonna get into Raw. I don't know how long this show is gonna be. Um, I'm not gonna make it. I'm probably not gonna make it very long. I'm just gonna get into uh, Raw and SmackDown. I'm not touching NXT or the Cruiserweight Classic this week. Uh, I'm just gonna wait for next week and do it then. Uh, but yeah, we're gonna do it every Wednesday. So I'm not gonna be able to see the new NXT episode. And again, it'll just kind of add it onto the the week before and all that good stuff so but yeah um we're gonna get into raw so let's start with raw uh raw opened up with uh our girl my girl sasha ba- shot ah sasha banks i think uh for those who, who i've talked to um i'm a big fan of hers i think she's fantastic uh is she the most talented out of all the four horsemen i don't think so i'm big on bailey but um yeah so she opened up the show which is very cool it's a nice change uh, i was kind of hoping that we wouldn't get just a, a promo like uh, for the first 15 minutes, which essentially is what it was, Sasha was coming out talking about you know her, how great she is, all that good stuff, and then they had Charlotte come out, and um, to me Charlotte's just falling flat. I really don't see uh, anything particularly special about her other than her in ring work. I think on the mic she's very bland and all that good stuff. So um, wasn't really you know super excited to see uh, Charlotte interrupt, um, you know. Be, uh, or Charlotte, yeah, Charlotte interrupts Sasha's moment. I think it uh, kind of deflated uh, my feelings about the whole segment in general. But yeah, then uh, they, you know they're going back and forth, and you know trading insults and all that. And then Jericho finally comes out, and uh, <laughs> Jericho's just gold right now. I, I, he's he's so good. <laughs> it's ridiculous um, how good he is right now. And um, the stupid idiot thing and uh, the quiet, the, just the monotonous tone that he has. It's it's really good. I enjoy it. Which that brought up Enzo Amore, who was. Uh, proceeded for the first five minutes that he was out there to hit on Sasha, so more power to him, man, go for it. Um, which led to Mick Foley coming out, giving a, um, making a mixed tag between uh, Charlotte and Jericho versus Sasha Banks and Enzo Amore, uh, which Jericho and Sasha and uh, Charlotte ended up winning anyway, so I think that was an interesting choice. Um, yeah, it, it was interesting. Um, and proceeded with a... Uh, uh, Jericho attacking Enzo from behind, giving him the code breaker, bringing out Kaz, oh, who chased Jericho away, and which will lead into a segment that I'll talk about in a minute. Next up, um, Braun Strowman defeated Evan Anderholm. It's just another, just another squash match for Braun just to make him look strong. Um, kind of, I'm interested in what they're going to do with him. I, I don't know um, if he's the most interesting character by himself. But uh, as long as I guess they keep looking to make him look strong, eventually he'll... Uh, Catch some steam, I suppose. You know, he's just throwing these these jobbers around like it's no big deal, and uh, he's a big man, so I'm sure Vince loves him. But um, we'll see. He's not very intriguing to me. 
Uh, I'm just looking forward to seeing what they can do more with him in the future. See, and you guys didn't notice um, before I continue on. Um, I was I decided that I was gonna do the show after I watched Raw, so I didn't take down like full blown notes like I did with SmackDown. So you're gonna see my review of SmackDown being a little bit more detailed with Raw, but that's only for the first week. Cause like I said, I didn't take the notes uh, uh, while I was watching the show like I did with SmackDown. Uh, so yeah, Shining Stars up uh, against uh, the Golden Truth, very bland. Whatever. Um, the Shining Stars are dead in the water to me. Um, they're not special. They're boring and. Uh, those two guys in general, Primo and Epico, it's just not interesting. I don't understand why they still have a job here. Um, but whatever. It is what it is. Good for them, I guess. Uh, being able to maintain a job with very little uh, effort, I guess. Bringing out Seth Rollins next. Uh, he uh, you know, confronted uh, Finn Balor. I think it was the other way around. Finn Balor was out and, and Seth Rollins came out. And they were talking back and forth. Had a nice little promo. Finn showing us that he's not completely useless on the mic. Uh, I know that's a lot of people's issue with him. They feel like he doesn't. he's not the best talker in the world. And um, that he can't really deliver a promo. He did an okay job here. He had some fire. Uh, telling uh, telling Seth Rollins that the only thing he's going to be hand, handed at SummerSlam is his ass. Which is it's cool. You know, whatever. It is what it is. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, it adds to the intrigue of the... Of their match, uh, and I'm really looking forward to what they're going to be doing over the next couple of weeks to really get those two to to click. Uh, so far, I'm, I'm not completely hating on it. I think it's all right. I you know I think it's a good a good start for this uh, feud that we're going into SummerSlam to decide who the Universal Title Champion is going to be. So, yep. Uh, and then they brought out um, had a backstage segment with Stephanie and McFoley just talking, and then Mark Henry comes out and didn't even I don't even know the last time I've seen Mark Henry. But um, coming out, talking about how he wants a, a title match, how he just did some remodeling in the Hall of Pain, la, la, la. And um, whatever. I was more entertained by Stephanie's facial expressions while Mark was talking. It was pretty funny. But um, So, yeah, that led to a, a, a U.S. title match between uh, Rusev and Mark Henry, in which Rusev pretty soundly defeated Mark Henry um, and all that good stuff. And... Um, yeah, it was it was a nothing match, you know. It was a typical Rusev match, and I like Rusev, I really do. But his matches are just not spe- They're not they're nothing to, to, to write home about. They're they're always just okay, you know, whatever. Um, going through the motions, I, I don't see anything um, interesting about it. Like it's just very, uh, I kick, I throw, I do the the accolade and the accolade, and that's it, and whatever. And um, yeah. Which brought out was after Rusev, you know, beat Mark Henry. He's cutting a promo about how, because uh, <laughs> you know the Olympics are coming around the corner, how the Olympics are rigged, la la la. Which brought out Roman Reigns and um, the fans, regardless of where this guy is placed on the card, just don't want to see him. They don't. Um, they don't want him seem anywhere near a championship. So it's just like, you know, I don't know what they want. I mean, like I don't hate Roman Reigns like a lot of people do. I don't have. I don't share the, the extreme hate. I do think he's boring. I don't. I do think that um, they pushed him a little bit too hard and uh, really exposed him for not being the best, and um, it's ruining him, and it ruined him. And uh, But a U.S. title run, whatever, you know, I'm happy as long as he stays out of that, that main event uh, that main event scene. And if anything, if he beats Rusev at SummerSlam for the U.S. title, it, you know, it, it brings up the U.S. title. And it, the U.S. title has been a state of flux ever since John Cena lost it. And... Um, it's just kind of there. It doesn't really do anything special. So um, hopefully it'll be able to um, 
turn it uh, turn up the prestige of the title a little bit once Roman Reigns beats him because I'm sure 100% sure that's the way they're going to go with this so yep moving on Titus O'Neil versus defeated Darren Young uh, why <laughs> I, I I guess Titus is a heel now I guess um, Darren Young um, complete waste of time my opinion I I don't find anything that they're doing with him it's not working I like Bob Backlund I like the fact that he's a fucking lunatic and he goes absolutely nuts <laughs> but it's not working you know it's it's very, very uninteresting. And why Darren Young? Why would Darren Young get that rub? Um, this just doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, so, yeah, Tyus O'Neill pulled the tights to beat Darren Young. Um, the only cool thing about it was, um, I guess, kind of the promo after where they had Bob Backlund yelling, like straight up yelling like a psychopath in Tyus O'Neill's face. And then um, he said something along the lines. He's like, you better get out of my face before I knock your old ass out or something like that. Which, you know, he, the way he said it definitely showed a little bit of personality, which I, I dig, uh, which proceeded uh, with uh, Darren Young punching him in the mouth and knocking him on the ground and all that good stuff. So whatever, it is what it is. Um, next up, Nia Jax defeated Ariel Monroe, another just another uh, jobber, a quick 15 seconds. No leg drop, which is good. Um, I don't really like the leg drop as a finish for her. Um I think she should come up with something else. What exactly? I don't know. But I think uh, somebody like her um, could very easily come up with, an, with a, a devastating looking finisher on one that she could pull off on all the girls. You know what I mean? So I think, it, you know, you need to work on that finisher now. That's the only thing I'm complaining about. Uh, and now the New Day comes out, and uh, I guess they're taking on Luke uh, Gallows Anderson, and uh, they had done a little segment, <laughs> which is ridiculous. Uh, they had uh, Big E, Xavier Woods, and Kofi. Uh, backstage pulling fruit out of a bag and I guess the banana was the the one meaning that you're going to sit out so pretty much uh, the the club wanted uh, one of the members of New Day to not be allowed at ringside so I guess they decided it that way by pulling fruit out of a bag and my favorite thing about it was uh, when they were at, in the ring by report uh, the club came out there <laughs> it was two oranges and a banana and uh, these guys we're talking about it, and Xavier Woods says something along the lines of, like, yeah, he's like, I got the banana, so i got to go backstage. And he holds the banana up, and then Kofi and Biggie proceed to, like, pull the <laughs> the oranges close to the bananas and make it look very uh, phallic-looking. I thought it was funny. But, yeah, a uh, quick match. Uh, not very long. New Day beat uh, Gallows and Andersons quickly. I, th- I think it was a roll-up. I'm trying to remember but um, I'm more interested in what happened after the match because the club jumped the the New Day and it wasn't just like, oh, I'm going to hit my finisher, walk away. They were actually tossing these guys around for for a solid five minutes and it, it was impressive. Yeah. I liked um, Corey Graves kept on saying uh, in com- on the commentary that um, he likes sending a statement, but he felt like the club went a little bit too far, which made it made it stick out that much more because you know at home you're like yeah maybe maybe a little bit maybe he did they did go too far and um i like a team that will that has the overly aggressive side that will go too far and uh be vicious when they absolutely have to so um yeah i i liked it i, I thought it was a good segment uh, next up is cesaro defeating sheamus Ugh, you know i mean i like cesaro a lot i think he's great but sheamus is potato you know what i mean he's very nothing just completely dead nothing interesting about him at all um so i don't know why they uh decided to throw them together but what intrigued me the most is uh mick foley before he made the match between the two of them he said 
uh, the winner will be considered for a future title shot. Now, I don't know what title they're talking about. Are they talking about the Universal title or are they talking about the United States title? Because Sheamus had mentioned something about the U.S. title uh, in the promo. So I'm not sure. They didn't really clarify what title they, they were talking about. So I wish they, they, they would have clarified that a little bit. But yeah, Cesaro's walking away with the win. You know, it is what it is. So, And uh, <laughs> next up, um, Heath Slater comes out doing his Heath Slater bit where he's... Uh, begging for a contract from either either brand. He doesn't care. Uh, Jinder Mahal was in the ring with him, which is uh, the first time we've seen Jinder Mahal since he got released the first time. So, um, yeah, and then um, Mick Foley comes out, uh, <laughs> says that, okay, fine, you get, if one of you guys want a contract, I'm going to put up a match between the two of you. Uh, and the winner gets a contract, and Heath Slater's like, no, we're a, we're a team. We're not going to do that. And then meanwhile, Jinder Mahal in the background is telling the referee to ring the bell just so he can lay him out and get the pinfall victory, which is exactly what he did. But here's the deal about the Heath Slater thing. My opinion. His first promo on SmackDown was really good. Like, I was behind it. Like, at first, I'm like, whatever, whatever. But eventually, he started to show that passion, that fire. I'm like, I like it. And then they fucking had Ryan come out and gore him, which we're going <laughs> to we're gonna talk about that in a minute. Um, next up was the main event. You know, um, Seth Rollins versus Sami Zayn. Um, it was a fantastic match. You know, when you hear those two names, you know that you're going to have a good match. And, uh, yeah, they delivered. They, they were great. Um, solid match. Uh, Seth Rollins looking strong, defeated Sami Zayn. And Sami Zayn didn't look like, like a punk, you know, jobbing out. He, uh, it was competitive, back and forth. Uh, and it looked good. Um, so congrats to those guys. Props to those guys for uh, delivering a solid main event on Monday Night Raw. Now, the last segment of Raw was um, a... Uh, Brock Lesnar coming out with Paul Heyman, which I guess Paul Heyman signed his contract with WWE because I know that they had expired. Um, yeah, Brock Lesnar comes out, um, <laughs> and they're talking. You know, Heyman's going crazy, just showing how fantastic he is on the microphone, really just selling selling the match, talking about how Brock Lesnar's going to beat Randy Orton's ass. And the way he was, he was saying it, beat your ass, the way he was saying it was too good. Um, I just love him. He's, he, he's so good on the mic. Paul Heyman is the... Uh, Constant MVP in uh in the WWE to me, but yeah, doing going through the whole the, the motions of that, uh, talking about how Randy Orton's never gonna hit an RKL, and right as he's saying it, Randy Orton comes out of the crowd, RKO's Brock Lesnar, puts him down, and then takes off in the crowd, and then the credits roll. So yeah, it was a fine roll. I enjoyed myself. I had a lot of fun. Really looking forward to how they're gonna uh, follow this up next week, but um. Yeah, it was great. Good job, Raw. Raw continuing to uh, really shine and uh, do a good job. So fantastic for them. All right. Very cool. Now we're going to go on to the SmackDown review. I just finished watching SmackDown. It's a Wednesday afternoon as, as I'm saying this. So just finished watching SmackDown. Um, overall, not a bad show. Um, there were some complaints that I had. And uh, much like last week, Raw was better than SmackDown this week. Though there was some improvements on it, but... We'll get into it right now, all right? So the show opens up with uh, Shane and uh, Daniel Bryan talking to Randy Orton about the whole uh, Brock Lesnar thing uh, <laughs> and all that good stuff, uh, warning him. He's like, hey, Brock's going to be coming back for revenge. You have all these security around the around the building, la, la, la. Um, and Morton was like, well, yeah, thanks for the warning. Walked away. Uh, Shane and uh, Daniel Bryan continue to walk down the hallway, and they come across the Miz. Miz is asking... Uh, like uh, 
why did he feel like he, he feels like he's not being treated the way he should be treated in his typical uh, you know snarky heel uh, way, which is fine with me. Um, and uh, sets up a number one contendership triple threat match uh, later in the night between Kalisto, Apollo Cruz, and Baron Corbin. And uh, yeah, and Miz walked away. Then uh, they walk down the hallway a little bit more. Then there's a WWE World Heavyweight Champion Dean Ambrose interrupts them and just heads to the ring. Then they head. To, they do the, you know, the intro to the show. Ambrose comes out. Ambrose, um, you know, he, he was healing it up a little bit. They had uh, Ziggler come out and they were kind of talk, going back and forth with each other. Ambrose really condescending, talking down to uh, to Dolph Ziggler, which I like. You know, I like a. a, a even a babyface champion might like him with a little bit of like a little bit of a dickish kind of I know I'm good kind of a feel. And Deaton Ambrose is really hitting that home right now and all that good stuff. So yeah, uh, Ziggler, you know he he had a little fire too, especially near the end of the promo. The first half of the promo, he was kind of playing the humble, oh I'm really grateful and I'm really looking forward to this. And as Ambrose started to kind of pick at him a little bit. Um, Ziggler started to get some fire near the end, but um, he says like I'm gonna beat your or I'm gonna beat you at SummerSlam, and then Dean Ambrose just looks him dead in the eye and says, "No, you're not," and that kind of took away of it, like the feeling of, that Ziggler was like on a high. They kind of took that away. Um, they they kind of took the rug right underneath him in that particular segment, and it didn't help. Uh, after Ambrose leaves the ring, Ziggler gets jumped by Bray Wyatt, and. Um, Bray Wyatt, after he you know he hits him with the sister Abigail in the ring, issues a challenge for the number one contendership, and this is what I wanted to to bring home about this. Bray Wyatt f- is known, so to speak, to not to when he gives his promos to not really have a direction. He kind of just spouts out random stuff that sounds cool but doesn't really have a point. But in this promo he had, uh, it makes sense. He has a goal. And uh, I like these type of promos from Bray Wyatt, where the one where it actually feels like he's going somewhere, as opposed to kind of just talking in circles like Bray Wyatt does. I like Bray Wyatt a lot, but um, like I said, he kind of feels like he was talking in circles in a large portion of his promos. This one was special because he was actually saying, "I want the title," and I think character speaking, it's a little weird that a guy like Bray Wyatt would care about a championship. But um, hey, at the end of the day, it's professional wrestling, and that's all that really matters is the belt, right? So, yeah, give me one second. My, my long pauses are because I'm taking a drink of water because I run two podcasts and I talk for a living, essentially. So my my throat, my voice doesn't want to always agree with me. But yeah, uh, that went into commercial break. Coming back from break, Ziggler accepts the challenge for the main event uh, between him and Bray Wyatt to putting his number one contendership on the line. And why? It, 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 in in storyline, why would somebody put up their title shot just to prove a point that's ridiculous i mean i understand that ziggler's supposed to be oh i'm a a, a baby face and i'm gonna take on all comers and all that but this is a big deal you know this is a main event at a big pay-per-view maybe ask for a match but don't accept the you know the losing potentially losing your number one contendership it made him look like an idiot but yeah so uh, he accepts the challenge after the commercial break coming back uh, so some of the matches we had next up was the triple threat uh, number one contendership for the Intercontinental title. Apollo Crews, Kalisto, and Baron Corman uh, join at ringside with The Miz. And I'm going to say something about The Miz's commentary. I think he's good, honestly. I like his voice on commentary. I think he does a, a good job. Um, 
he, even at when he's playing his character, um, he's just very good. He's very solid. I like the Miz, and I think after he gets done wrestling, he's going to have a, a spot at ringside, um, joining the commentary team. And with that being said, um, JBL wasn't completely fucking annoying this week. Um, normally, I know a lot of people give JBL a lot of shit because he's very he, he's overbearing. He really is. He he says too much. He talks too much. He screams too much, and he uh, belittles his companions at the broadcast booth too much. But um, yeah, anyway, I'm sorry, got off topic there. So this 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 because when you think of a triple threat, you're probably thinking of the same thing that I think is having uh, the match start off with three people. Two minutes in, one of them gets thrown out of the ring, and the other two wrestle, and then you kind of just rotate characters from here on out. One gets thrown out of the ring, then the two wrestle, get the spotlight, la la la. This one was different. All three men were involved pretty much throughout the whole entire match. I mean, they did have moments where one would get dumped out of the ring, but pretty much, Kalisto, Cruz, and Corbin, they, they were all wrestling. They were actually doing what a triple threat should be, is having three wrestles wrestle each other at the same time, and it was being really chaotic. And I enjoyed it. It was refreshing. It was really good. There were some cool spots in there. Uh, it was a short match, definitely. Uh, I wish it was maybe like three to four minutes longer. I really do. But it was fun. I had, I had a lot of fun. Uh, Apollo Cruz ended up winning. Uh, he uh, rolled up Kalisto. Uh, after the match, Cruz takes off. Corbin attacks uh, Kalisto. Then Apollo Cruz comes back to the ring to help out Kalisto. Uh, then the, you know, the Miz interferes naturally. Comes from behind, giving the skull-crushing finale to uh, Cruz. Then right after that, <coughs> Baron Corbin attacks um, the Miz with the end of days, puts him down, and he gets a nice little pop for it. And I think that's the first time that anybody's really had a, a, a decent reaction for Baron Corbin. People feel like I know I, I listen to a lot of the podcasts, and a lot of people don't like Baron Corbin. They think he's like white bread. You know, he's not very uh, interesting. Uh, I don't, I don't dislike him, but yeah, this was the the first time that we actually saw something other than. Um, boring looking face on uh baron corbin so that was very cool so so far what i mentioned about the show i've enjoyed this is where it starts to dip off a little bit right and uh, it has nothing to do with female wrestling i like female wrestling becky lynch versus eva marie the eva marie's entrance was longer than this match and keep in mind it was an entrance where she came out to absolute silence nobody gives a fuck about eva marie they do not care i'm just gonna say that right now so she's going through her motions, you know, she's taking off her robe, blah, 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 gets, uh, hops on the turnbuckle, does her stupid little pose, hops down, and then, like, starts grabbing her knee and, like, fakes a knee injury, and the match gets thrown out, gets thrown out, and Becky Lynch is kind of just standing there like, what the fuck, and it's just a gross use of Becky Lynch, and you're gonna understand what I'm talking about when I get to the next female match, it, it, this makes no sense for both these matches to be booked this way, but we're, we're gonna get moving on. Next up, you know, we go up to Renee Young, which I do like the fact that they go up to Renee Young, um, kind of like as a buffer for certain segments. They go up to Renee Young, talking to uh, Carmella, and I think this, I think this is the first time we're seeing Carmella. Um, and she, you know, give an interview, and she get interrupted by Natty, leading to a match, la la la, quote unquote. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, so yeah, they book a match for later in the night. American Alpha debut debuts debuts. American Alpha debuts. Yeah, sorry. Um, it was a fan. It was a fun match against the Vaude Villains. Um, the American Alpha does what they do best, and they it's just bring some solid wrestling to the ring. They're a fantastic team. They flow. They their chemistry is fantastic. Um, Chad Gable is so fucking ridiculously talented. Uh, I love it. 
uh, Jason Jordan has the best hot tag in the business right now, coming out with so much fire, throwing these trap suplexes, the overhead suplexes, really, really good, and then finishing up with uh, Grand Amplitude for their first win of their um, their young career. It's gonna be a, a, a it's gonna be very interesting. Uh, when they came out, when American Alpha came out, it was kind of quiet. The crowd didn't really, I guess, they were in Nashville, and I don't know what type of crowd Nashville is, but um, they came out and they weren't super into it but by the, by the time the match came to an end it was fantastic like uh the crowd was all over them they really liked what they saw and um they're a good team and uh kind of curious of what they're going to be doing with the tag team division and smackdown considering they don't have the titles but it was very cool and i enjoyed um i definitely enjoyed watching america Alpha do their thing so good job good debut and um really looking forward to see what they're gonna be doing in the future all right so next up we have AJ uh, calling out John Cena. This promo for both of them. And a lot of people, uh, when they think AJ Styles, they think about exceptional ring work and not so much good promos. And during his time in TNA, he wasn't really the best as far as promos. But since coming to WWE, he's been very, very good. Um, he has definitely stepped up his promo game a ton. And I like the... What's the word I'm looking for? He has like a level of resentment when he talks to John Cena, talking about how he's better than him, why are you around, stuff like that. And Cena comes back and came back with him with the same intensity, talking about how he loves uh, how he loves wrestling, how he loves the company, how he could be doing other things, but he chooses not to. A lot of back and forth, very very good, phenomenal, phenomenal, and that, no pun intended. Promo uh, by both Cena and by AJ and Cena, uh, just did a really great job. So. Uh, really uh, setting the bar for as far as promos on SmackDown uh, this week. And uh, at the end of the promo, AJ drops the challenge to John Cena, and Cena naturally accepts for the SummerSlam. So it's going to be very, very good. Very, very good. All right. <laughs> uh, next up is Orton versus Fandango. And I guess the story behind this is the comments that Fandango made, or that Orton made about Fandango during uh, the highlight reel battleground because i guess he says hey you know well you lost to fandango or whatever and um so i guess they set that up real quick this is more of an angle for Res- for lesnar to get his run in obviously uh, maybe the match was maybe going two minutes orton doing his thing and then lesnar hopped the rail f5'd and then that was it and they uh led brock lesnar out of the ring and backstage la 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 it was fine uh not as impressionable as the the, the randy orton run in but Whatever, it was fine. Uh, it's just a way to kind of keep that feud going off-brand. So we'll see. Next up was a ba- <laughs> was a backstage segment. This cracked me up. Uh, this was immediately after they walked out Brock and um, Daniel Bryan's on the phone talking on his cell phone, and Heath Slater comes up in the room. Kind of just shows up. Daniel Bryan's like, "What are you doing here?" And he's like, "Well, I want my contract, right?" La la la. So Daniel Bryan's like, "Fine, Heath. Well, this is what we're gonna do." I'm gonna put you in a match next week, and if you win, you get, you get a contract. And then uh, he's like, "Okay, cool." He's like, "That's what I wanted." He's like, "Against two. <laughs> Daniel Bryan's like, "Take a guess." He's like, "I don't know." When fucking Rhino just comes out of nowhere and gores him and puts him on the ground, that was just—I don't know why I thought that was so funny. It was just—it was just funny to me. But yeah. Anyway, next up, this is this is what really irritated me. Um, <laughs> Carmella comes out. No reaction. First off, nobody cared. No, not, nobody in Nashville gave a shit about Carmella, which is sad because I like her a lot, but nobody cared. Uh, she's doing her whole stick. She's coming down the the ramp or uh, the aisleway, and she gets attacked by um, by Natty, 
on the way down. And um, Natty, you know, throws her around a little bit, puts it in a sharpshooter, and there's no match. So there's two Divas matches, or women's matches, booked this week, and there was actually no match held. How are we supposed to take this division seriously on SmackDown if they have booked two matches and didn't have an actual match for either of them? This is like polar opposite of what they're doing on Raw, where they're making the woman look like a million bucks. On SmackDown, it's just very... So, I don't know what they plan on what they plan on doing with these girls. Uh, they need to do better, though, because this is ridiculous. Uh, Natty deserves better than this. Carmella deserves better than this. And I know for a fact Becky Lynch deserves better than this. This is ridiculous. They need to figure out what they're going to do, because this is very bland. This is nothing. This is, like I said, two Divas matches. Or I keep I'm trying to break the diva the, the diva language, but two women's matches this week and not a single match actually happened. Stupid, stupid, stupid. I don't know why they're doing that. Anyway, next up was the main event uh, between Dolph Ziggler and Bray Wyatt for the number one contendership at SummerSlam. It was a good match, you know. Uh, it was a typical Dolph Ziggler match. He made him look good, made him look strong. Uh, but. Um, Dolph Ziggler, you know, like I said, back and forth match, pretty good. Dolph Ziggler sold a little bit more of an aggressive side, looked good. Uh, went with the super kick, which I guess is his new finish, and uh, yeah, like I said, looked good. And then they were kind of had a, uh, Dean was on commentary, so they kind of had like a little stare down. Um, and then Eric Rowan comes out and just flattens them, and that's how they go off air. This is with the Wyatt family flattening Dolph Ziggler. So they did so many things, like they made Dolph look look weak, and then they made him look strong, and then they made him look weak, and they made him look strong, just to make him look weak again at the end of the show. Throughout the whole entire show, they were like, oh, this, uh, you don't believe in me. The whole Dolph Ziggler thing is kind of like letting her, trying to figure out who believes in him, and nobody really seems to, just making him look ridiculous. So I don't get it, guys. I don't get it. But, um, yeah, that, that was SmackDown. Uh, I would say better than last week, but still needs some improvement. Um, overall, again, I think Raw wins again this week. So kind of a shame. I want, I want SmackDown to be better. So I guess we'll wait and see. Hopefully it'll get better soon. But, uh, yeah, that was my reviews for the week. Uh, that's pretty much all I'm going to be doing tonight or today, guys. Because, um, yeah, it's my first show. I oh, um, want some feedback some, on all how the stuff and how you guys think I did and ways that I can improve and all that good stuff. Uh, but for the meanwhile, um, yeah, that's it. Uh, you guys can follow me, or you guys could uh, check us out on iTunes. Uh, check out my other show, the Second City Kids Podcast. Uh, check us out there. We talk about, again, comic books, video games, movies, music, all that good stuff. Um, we cover the gambit. So if you guys are interested in that, go ahead and check that out. Uh, and this is my first show of Pro, or, uh, Pro Wrestling Wednesdays on the Second City Kids Network, quote unquote. That's what I'm calling it. Uh, so yeah, uh, if you guys want to get in contact with me on Periscope, Twitter, Snapchat, Tumblr, and our Reddit, you can check me out at Second City Kids Instagram, Second City Kids J as in Jacob because that is my name. www.facebook.com slash Second City Kids. Uh, that's the network's page now. Uh, you can email me, us questions if it's for Pro Wrestling Wednesdays. Let me know, or if it's a Second City Kids question, you can let me know in the what's it called the title of the email uh, at Second City. Or you can yeah, you can email me at secondcitykids at gmail.com subscribe and rate to us on iTunes, Overcast and on Stitcher Radio um, please rate us on iTunes uh, we are almost a 5 star show, we need a couple more reviews to a couple more 5 star reviews to be a 5 star rated show that they actually post up, because if you don't have enough like reviews, they don't post it so um, 
Yeah, subscribe and rate to us on iTunes, Overcast, and on Stitcher Radio. Uh, check out our hosting site, secondcitykidspodcast.podbean.com. Signing out this week, this is Jacob, and uh, I'll see you guys soon. Deuces.